That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome. I am Andrew Dice. And I am Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the minute. We have covered the first 15 minutes of our rewatch of Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. We have pulled pearls where we didn't think there were any. We have gone from the streets of Metropolis to somewhere in the Indian Ocean to Nairobi, Africa. And after diving headfirst into the politics that are going to make up this movie, we, we arrive at the film's first tragedy. Now, in here in minute 16, Talon, you will never be forgotten. I mean, your service will be appreciated by us. Yeah, I'd, I'd say we uh, will remember your service, but we will never even find out about it. <laughs> wow. Jeez, that's well, grim. He gets, he gets one of those plaques in the CIA lobby. Isn't that the end of the recruit? Or is that Argo? I th- um, now I got to go double check that. Where all the fallen agents have the... The stars? Yes. Yeah. So, Jimmy Olsen, we salute your service, but we now must soldier on to one of the film's most quoted lines and kind of the setup to the movie exploding into all of the events that are going to make all of Lex Luthor's plan possible. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, let's do this. Town's down, sir. <laughs> Python! Talon's down, sir. Python, we have lost our asset on the ground. Repeat, we have lost our asset on the ground. I, I did, I wanted to start by saying the one thing that I think we didn't bring up when talking about Jimmy Olsen as a potential a code name, I guess, or or like a 007 type designation, is that we don't actually know what the plan was, right? That, that the CIA was yeah. working towards here. Mm-hmm. So I know some people had pointed out that, you know, it doesn't really make much sense if he is Jimmy Olsen, is a photographer, is also working for the CIA, and then this is going to v- very quickly blow his cover. Yeah. But I was thinking about it, you know, as obviously I'm thinking about this movie at all times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the two points, one of them being if everybody's dead, <laughs> then it it would help in keeping Jimmy's cover intact. And two, all we really know is that he was being used to locate where the general's base was. So oh, he could be an actual. Yeah. Do they say if he's an actual agent or if he is just an actual photojournalist that has been hired no. by the CIA? Exactly. It's it's unclear, I guess, because he might be just a really, you know, gung ho journalist who mm-hmm. is prepared to do this. Come in and then uh, don't worry about it. Don't call attention to yourself. We'll have the information. Get out. We'll mm-hmm. deal with it whenever we do. But if this goes bad, then you are authorized to convey this. Who knows? Again, this is like movie logic, so whatever. But I realized that the way that this ends up playing out wouldn't have been the way it played out if things hadn't gone the way that we find out they do in the first seconds of this minute. Yeah. Sadly, Stephen, Jimmy didn't make it. No. Not uh, not remotely. Talent is down. down. <laughs> I, I beat you to it. Yes. One of the most visible, uh, like instantly uh, recognizable moments that was changed for the ultimate cut just because that. They cut to that satellite shot. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of just being like a kind of alternate dialogue or slightly extended take, all of a sudden we've got new characters and a new visual up yeah. on screen. 
technically another minute appearance by Michael Cassidy as Jimmy Olsen. Uh, probably a digital version. <laughs> I, I will yeah. say, I don't know if he, they would have filmed this out from above. I, I find that, uh, now I find myself just hypnotized by the, the blood mm-hmm. starting to come out of him as he hits the ground, which is just so, the whole thing is just disturbing and, Watching it like we do at this level, I start paying attention to what Amajog does immediately after it. Lois stands there just stunned. Yeah. Our, our poor boy Jimmy. We flip over to – I want to give a shout-out. I, I wrote down his name here. Um, Barton Bund, who plays the military a CIA official informing Python that this operation has gone very badly – there's a certain, I don't know if it's like they agree on how these intelligence or military people on headsets sh- should communicate, but both this guy, Barton, he, he, he doesn't have a, a cool character name, unfortunately. The role in Iron Man, the first time we get the military men on the radio headsets, and I know like for anyone who knows Iron Man, they know exactly who I'm talking about, where the guy is like, you engage him and you take him down. <laughs> that thing just took out an F-22 inside a legal no-fly zone. Whiplash 2, if you have a clear shot, take it. The way that the CIA is presented here is more complicated or more interesting to me than it usually is as like a, a version of the recruit, the clandestine type stuff. Yeah, well, it's way less. The, the I think the movie is way more interested in sort of what we've been picking up on. I say that as if we're watching this for the first time and have never given it sure. previous thought. <laughs> but the the movie is, is laying down much more of the geopolitically involved side of the CIA that's kind of pulling strings and and uh, and trying to influence things more so than like the espionage yeah. undercover kind of angle. And yeah, so as a result, it makes sense for it to be a little more of a like this is a political conflict all of a sudden, right? So the CIA is all of a sudden now instead of whatever they were going to do before, now they are suddenly concerned about covering up a violation of a photojournalist is dead and they need to clean up their mess. Yeah. Even the way that they say Talon's down is, Mm -hmm. you know, this was a definite outcome that they considered and now it's happened and okay, let's do the next thing, which is a bummer Mm -hmm. for for the Jimmy fans out there. I guess ourselves (laughs) included that they don't like drop to their knees and scream, but we shift over to my boy, Mr. Bailey Chase, for the Longmire fans out there like myself, to see him playing Python, Python. which we learn is there's a lot more CIA stuff going on here than expected. And, and to the thing that we were saying before, they, without even hesitating, decide this entire place is going to be destroyed. Lois is expendable. She's going to die with everybody else. Yeah. And whether or not she's Superman's girlfriend, that clearly sucks, right? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to mm-hmm. kind of shift over to her perspective here, but I think as it stands, if you're trying to like build up the role that these heroes play in protecting the innocent, the government has basically decided that Lois's innocence does not matter at all. Yeah, well, and 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 Amajog, you know, to his credit, just got finished saying to, uh, what the the pious American fictions, yeah, fictions spoken as truth, and and now we're finding out, you know, you know who pays for those drones. Well, now we know who pays for the drones, and we know that those pious American 
uh, fictions were indeed fictions. Yeah. And because they don't say Lois, they just say a civilian is still, what, on site or mm-hmm. in, in the premises. And yeah, like you said, they decide that she's expendable because they need to uphold that. The, pr- the appearance of policy and principle, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a note to the idea of heroes and that kind of thing and where like the line of government or the military ends where the actual soldiers on the ground, it's not even a question to them. We have to go in and save her, which kind of gets like brushed aside really quickly for, for Bailey Chase's other most memorable shot in the film. But I don't know. I, I think that even in this one scene, <laughs> these guys get to come off pretty cool. You know, not only are they basically yeah i mean this is gonna like be like a seal team six level right yeah i mean they know they're riding into something pretty big here right yeah Uh, we do get a very cool shot of these uh black ops soldiers uh riding on horseback which was a a much bandied about shot i think from the first trailer or said photos about how deep into the dark knight returns or i i can't remember this is just moment stands out for me as one uh, loaded with what people thought it was going to be. Well, because you're talking about a Batman, a Batman and Superman movie, and there's a shot of yeah. horses in the desert, and you know where does that fit into any of that? And it's funny because everyone goes to that Dark Knight Returns moment where he's on the horse, and that's such a famous, like, iconic Batman moment because it's so out of it's like a surreal thing for him to be riding a horse in Gotham, and for all of that, it ends up you know being not not an uninteresting event, but not exactly what maybe comic book fans were yeah. uh, salivating over. And then we get our, I think you alluded to before as, as one of the, the famous lines where Lois pleads her innocence, rightly so, that she's being held as a prisoner now for basically just being, I guess she's making it to both Amajog and the CIA that like, let me leave here. I had nothing to do with this. And I think it is, it's interesting because ignorance is not the same as innocence I agree with. It's just sad that I don't think it applies to Lois here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it can apply. <laughs> yeah. And someone's saying, I didn't know. Yeah, well, I think he's saying that this isn't about your actions or your intentions. Yeah. Like, you are you are guilty because you are here, they are here. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I assume he's hoping that she's also his ticket out. Mm-hmm. I, I suppose that's that's also speaks to the whole idea of how this is going to be spun. We're, we're almost getting like when you put it that way, that because she's here now, this is happening. Because I remember at the time some people said, you know, if, if Lois didn't get herself into this place, Superman wouldn't have come or Lex's plan kind of hinges on Lois getting into something and then Superman having to pull her out of it. And I... Always took exception with that, and I think that the ultimate cut really sheds light on how Lex outsmarted everybody here. You know, he was three steps ahead on on everything, but I think it's interesting to consider that how much better this scene would be if if Amajog could get those two boys from somewhere in the Indian Ocean and have them tied up in his bunker saying, you know, (laughs) ignorance is not the same as innocence, you fools. You put this entire thing into motion. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe there's another cut. I don't know. Yeah. We go out back outside then to uh, KG Beast. He nods to his men and they all start taking action right after that. So there's clearly, they this is something that they have anticipated. But there's also, I guess, a question of how many different ways could this have yeah. played out, right? If Lex envisioned, you know, all the opportunities or all the different ways it could go, are they are they saying, okay, cool, this is what we expected? Or is it, you know, execute plan A through Z, whatever one was actually going on. I mean, it's it's a pretty simple, you know, they're just going to kill everyone and, and make it a cover-up. But I think it's pretty clear the intention was to get Lois wrapped up in something that demanded Superman's yeah. involvement, right? If Jimmy 
hadn't been caught, you know, then they she's surrounded by um, Luther loyalists with guns. Gonna, it was going to go Luther's way, even if Jimmy didn't hide the the beeping device in his yeah, film canister. Yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't thought camera. about that. I guess I always assumed that Lex had enough military connections to know that this was happening and to know, you know, for his men to, to look out for it and have it play according to this plan. But I guess if his guys had just pulled out guns and started shooting, like, it doesn't matter that anyone finds it. I guess it, it makes it cleaner for Lois to witness. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's true because like you mentioned in the in the previous minute, I was kind of laughing at how how KG Beast went straight for the camera. Yeah. But obviously if Lex told him, "Hey, there's going to be a tracker in the camera." Then then he'd know to go directly Keep looking for it. But also to that point, way later in the movie when Lois meets with Swanwick, he knows what the bullet is, right? We don't we aren't exposed to that full side of the plot, but the government knows something about what's going on here more so than 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 is revealed. So yeah, there's that that chain almost right that that KG Beast who um, played by Callan Mulvey. I don't know if we've said that yet, but he is just perhaps one of the coolest that guys of the last six or seven years. Oh yeah, well it's it's he takes that like silent henchman role. And actually, and when people talk about this movie, they don't, I mean, he's a comic book character and he is a, one of the, what, the third pro, um, antagonist. Oh yeah, I guess. Probably, yeah. Or, or fourth. And so I guess he doesn't really get that, that kind of credit as, cause he's more than just kind of a thug. Especially um, in this cut. He, in the strings. That he, yeah. And uh, yeah, so people always talk about like Lex and Doomsday as being the villains, but yeah, you've also got, you got KG Beast in here doing some yeah. major late At first he just, he dismantled, or tried to dismantle Captain America, and now he's trying his hand at, at starting a, an incident <laughs> in Nairobi, which he does shockingly smoothly. He strolls up to the uh, Amajog's lieutenant uh, talking with one of his soldiers, pulls out his gun, and again, on the 16-minute mark, exactly fires the the bullet that starts all of this going. Yeah, this this... This single minute here is sandwiched between gunshots. I'm just, I'm so glad, you know, when you put it like that, that Jimmy didn't have to see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was spared from the the unnecessary brutality that followed his death. Yeah. And I think um, we're, we're ending it on the minute, so who knows if the lieutenant is going to be attacked as well. Maybe the soldiers just did something to, that, that Kanaya Zev really didn't like. But, yeah. but that is where we end it. Yeah. I always, I also thought it was suspicious only because we're, we're noting this and because one of these factors so crucially in another comic book cinematic universe, but there is literally a camera placed directly over the soldier's head that would presumably capture this military contractor randomly starting this entire incident. And I'm going to build up my own theory here that this footage absolutely exists and that the Americans who come in here are the ones who manage to get it and just bury it so that Superman can take all of the heat. Yeah, well, that's the a part of this thread that I always saw as, as I don't want to say explicit subtext, because that, that kind of is a, almost an oxymoron, but was it kind of always a big part of that, is they know at a certain level yeah. within the government that it wasn't Superman, but they can't or or won't say it. They would rather he take the heat because they weren't supposed to be there. They got caught with their pants down in a place of the world. They weren't supposed to be involved in a situation they weren't supposed to be. But, oh, guess what? So was Superman, so we can pretend that we are innocent and that he came in to, to do this. And we'll, you know, we'll run an investigation on him and everything so yeah. long as it doesn't expose to our international interests that we were in a place that we weren't supposed to be. Yeah. And Lex, I think, uses that to his advantage. 
Exactly. I'm a uh, Nairobi truther. Um, hashtag <laughs> the footage exists. The, the mm-hmm. truth is out there. I need it. This is my rules of engagement. I need this video. Did they have guns? Release the Nairobi footage. Yes. So I guess that's that's where we'll leave it. <laughs> I, I, I Now I don't know what kind of images are going to be made because of that. But, but please don't feel obligated to, to start a campaign or it could be misconstrued. Is there anything else uh, in this minacy? I feel like this is kind of the first of the next several that are going to contribute no, to this. No, it's very straightforward. No, I mean, the the ignorance is not the same as innocence. That's I the key. Is it, yeah, it. Um, I don't think it's as thematically relevant as some of the rest of what was established in in his earlier dialogue but i do think it's it's still tied into the general you know it's a theme that the movie kind of touches yeah. on just with the consequences of your actions even if like it, it ties back to the whole you know when jonathan kent talks to um talks to clark about the the consequences of saving the farm or you know that that whole idea yeah. i think is the ignorance is not the yeah. same as innocence lois didn't see it because she wasn't looking for it so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly. how could she? Such a smooth talker like Jimmy. He he fooled all of us. <laughs> yes. Smooth talking Jimmy. That's that's my camera. Yeah, God, that's my uh, film that's my you're film. exposing. <laughs> and with that, yeah. that will do it for, for this minute. Once again, the next minute is going to start with a gunshot. And then we will see just how bad things get here in Nairobi. Uh, before Lois is saved, and I guess before... This movie really our, our first appearance at the, the the Blue Boy Scout here. Yeah, I think we're I think we're still building to it. But yeah, is that in the next minute or is that his arrival is spoken of in the next minute, which which is going to be a cool uh, setting the table for the arrival of the other hero in the title of this film. Yeah, you know, blood in the sky, bad luck for Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Lane, Miss Lane. Jimmy Olsen, photographer. You! Come on, no, no! No! It's okay, Lois. Ela and Tuntarai and Nakwa General. Ile Turagat Inna da Kagatana Tim. Yeah, do they say if he's an actual agent or if he is just an actual photojournalist that has been hired by the CEA? Hi, um, my name is Jessica Boll. I'm the manager of environmental stewardship here at the Canadian Electricity Association. And I would like to announce the publication of our Bird Beneficial Management Practice Guide. So, uh, how'd you land it? This is like pioneer stuff. So we work with the Migratory Birds Convention Act Working Group to develop this guide. So 